Thank you for joining us for the Life Point Podcast. We believe what you're about to listen to will help you experience life change. So let's jump into this week's message. Well, good morning. Can y'all believe it's October? Like everyone I talk to, they're like, what happened this year to this year? It's blitzed us by. How about we make a confession real quick? Let's say this. I declare I'm the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. I'm dead to sin. I'm alive to God. I'm rescued, redeemed, restored, forgiven, and I'm free. Mm, How many believe that? Well, we're going to wrap up this series. This this has been sort of a mini vision uh, series that we are doing here in September. We're going to wrap this up today, and I'll tell you where we're going to go for the next few weeks. Uh, I want to teach a a message next week that we'll just, we'll categorize it as a standalone message. Uh, I was in Ohio a few weeks ago speaking at a church, and I was led to uh, speak on a, a, a certain topic, and so I'm going to... I'm going to let it rip next week, right? So how many want to know what it is? We'll come next week. You'll find out. <laughs> and then I want, to, I want to jump into a series after that. And just the next two series, just going to go old school on you and talk about a couple series that really when we first moved here and started teaching on just liberated people. And so we're going to start off talking about the blessing of God. And I want to prove to you that you're the blessed of the Lord. And if you don't believe it by the time the series is over, I hope that you do believe it, that you are blessed. We say that a lot, but what does that really mean? What is the power of the blessing? Then we're going to move into a series on the goodness and grace of God. So that's how we're going to land this plane at the end of the year. But we've been in this series, and and we just titled this series, It's All About Life Change. The reason why that's so important, the reason why that's the title of our series is because that's our vision statement. That's our mission statement of the church. You know, uh, most churches have a vision statement or a mission statement. It's, 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 the, it's their rally cry. It's the core of what they believe. It's, it's the Kool-Aid they drink. It's, it's their motivation. And so our whole motivation, our whole vision, particularly as, as LifePoint Church, is it's about life change. And life change, we believe, could be someone who were, they were not a believer, and they came to Christ. But it, it doesn't just stop there. How many know that after salvation, there's a change in your spirit, but how many know that your thinking needs to change, your living needs to change, your relationships need to change? And it's the power of Jesus not just to save you, but to keep changing you. Um, Bible words will be words like this, um, salvation and then sanctification, which means I'm changing, I'm growing, I'm being remodeled. Um, he, he changes your spirit at salvation. But how many know there's some other stuff that needs to change? And so that, that's really what life changes to us. And every, uh, a win for us is when life change happens. That, that's, that's why we do what we do. That's why you see it on our vision. That's why you see it on the walls, that it's all about life change. And so we, we've just, I've been putting out this, this challenge, a life change challenge. You saw it in the review to come frequently, to contribute consistently, uh, to, uh, I think I messed it up, connect consistently, contribute generously. And today I want to give you the last one. You ready for it? Uh, I want to compel you. uh, I want to challenge you to compel purposefully. 
blah, 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 blah. I'm talking in tongues this morning. Um, compel purposefully. And I've been throwing out these little statements. Y'all ready for this? Um, let's cultivate a passion or a fervent heart for God's house. So when I said week one, let's just be church people again, I was serious about that. When I threw out there to you that we need to cancel the COVID culture. I wasn't coming against a virus as much as I am just the culture that it's created. And then we need to give more than we're getting. But I want to land with this and challenge you with this. And this whole series, hope you get it, it's about building this church. It's about building vision. And I, I want to challenge us because how many love a challenge? I, I think we rise to the challenge. If the challenge is here, I believe you'll hit it. If it's here, I also believe that you'll hit it. You'll hit that standard. And, and so I, I want to challenge you to, to cultivate, to allow God to spark just a fervent heart for his house. Here's why. Because I believe two things. The church is really under attack in the world, the society, the culture that we're in. It's under attack from outside the walls of the church, and we get that. But do you know sometimes it's being attacked from statistics and naysayers within the walls of Christianity? And the hope of the world is Jesus. How many believe that? But do you know that his vehicle for hope is, guess what? It's the local church. It's his bride. And it needs to be a big deal to us. The body of Christ, the bride of Christ in particular, your local church needs to be a big deal to you. And unfortunately, in some circles, it has not become. And so I want to challenge our hearts that, we, that the church is on our heart. Okay, so there's this story in the Gospels, y'all will remember this, where Jesus went into the temple. And when he went into the temple, the Bible says he noticed all these money changers, all these marketers, and Jesus got a little bit righteously ticked off. Y'all remember that story? And so he started praying, Lord, I bind this spirit, and we just pray that just remove them with the spirit of, you know, just, just everybody's got stuff going on. No, what did Jesus do? The Bible said he went and he made a what? A whip. And what do you do with a whip? You whoop, right? So the Bible said he started whooping and driving out the money changers. And then the Bible says something really, really interesting it actually quoted Psalm 69, and it said, it said this about Jesus, that he would be consumed with a heart for the house of God. It actually says it this way, zeal for his house will consume him. That's why Jesus was ticked off righteously because of what was going on in his house. And he said, this place should be a house of what? Prayer, not, not a house of, of merchants. And so Jesus got a little aggressive, and he ran that spirit out. And they quoted Psalm 69, and they quoted this, that zeal would consume him. Well, that sounds like a, a nice statement. And, and so I've read that a million times, and, and I, I thought this, this week as I was studying, like, what did that word mean? This is what that word means. It ate him up. He was red hot, boiling, zealous, enthusiastic, and devoted. He had a fervent passion. And, and it, we, we, we can say this that we should be passionate. How many want to be passionate people? But I want to warn you about something. Passion without purpose is, is, is a problem. Here's why. Passion without purpose is just you getting excited about it. Have you ever felt so excited you didn't know what to do with yourself over something? 
Well, it's just a bunch of excitement. It's just a bunch of raw, raw. It's just a bunch of intensity. But when you mix it with purpose, it has intention. It has direction. It has fulfillment to it. And so this word isn't just he was, he was just energetic about it. It's not that he was just emotional about it. It had a, it had a, his excitement had a purpose. His uh, energy, his enthusiasm, it, what ate him up, what consumed him had a purpose and had an intention attached to it. And so the Bible says throughout the New Testament, that Jesus should be our what? Example. We should follow the example of Jesus. We should follow the example of the early disciples. And we see that they had a what? They had a fervency for the things of God. They had a passion and a purpose or a passion mixed with a purpose or passion with purpose attached to it or purpose with passion attached to it about the house of God about the temple of God, about the place of God. And so if Jesus had it, guess what we should have? The same thing. But that has to be cultivated in us. And, and so the things of God, when it comes to the house of God, it's real important that you and I love his church. It's real important that you and I love his local church. It's real important that we, that we have a heart for his house. Amen. With that being said, let, let's read a scripture. This is in 2 Corinthians and this is, this is starting in chapter 5. I know that you know parts of this verse. I want to read it in context. Verse 14 says this. The love of Christ compels us. Everyone say compel. That's where I stole the word from a moment ago. One of the challenges is that we would be compelled purposefully. So the love of Christ compels us because we are convinced that one died for us. Therefore, all died. And he died for all that those who live shouldn't live any longer for themselves, but they would live for him who died for them and was raised again. Y'all get that? We're, because of what he did, we don't live for ourselves anymore. We don't live for our own passions. We don't live for our own intentions. Verse 16. So from now on, we regard no one from the world's point of view. We used to regard Christ that way, but we do so no longer. Therefore, if anyone, any anyone's in here? If anyone is in Christ, anyone in Christ in here? So if you're in Christ, look what it says about you, that you are a brand new what? Creation or the new creation has come. Very important phrase because what it means in the Greek is you have become a, a, you have become a creation or a species that didn't previously exist. In other words, he, re, he remodeled you. He remade you. You are born again. You ever heard that term? I'm, I'm born again. Why, why are you born again? Because you needed to be born again. You were born physically and you needed to be reborn spiritually. So you were reborn. So that means in your spirit, man, on the inside of you, you are brand new. Now, on the outside or even in your mind, you may not be completely renewed. That's why you have to be what? Remodeled. You have to submit your flesh, right? But your spirit, man, is born again. You've been made new. You're saved. You've been redeemed. You've been rescued. Y'all been saved. Okay. So you're a brand new creation. The old has gone and the new is what? It's here. Look at verse 18. All of this is from God who reconciled us to himself through Christ and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. If you are born again, reborn, if you're a believer, if you're a Christ follower, you are, you are brought into the ministry and the ministry is bringing people into reconciliation with Christ. Big words. Here's what that means. To bring people into relationship with Jesus. That's your ministry. 
from the moment that you were saved or born again. Verse 19, that God was reconciling the, wor the world to himself in Christ. Look at that next phrase. And not counting people's sins against them. Can, can, we, can I park it here for a second? If you've been born again, there's something really good here that we can't overlook. God's not keeping track of your sins, and he's not holding them against you. Are y'all getting that? Anyone sinned? Anyone sinned real good? Well, he's not holding that against you. He's not keeping record of that. That's not on your account. You don't have a rap sheet. Y'all should be happier than you are about that. There we go. Y'all awake. I know you stayed up late to watch the end of that game, but that's some good news right there. He's not counting it against you. And all of us have some stuff he could count against us. He's holy. He's a righteous God he, he's a righteous judge. He's a holy judge. And he could hold it against us, but guess what he doesn't do? He doesn't hold it against us. He doesn't hold it on our account. He actually put his righteousness on your account. And committed to us the message of reconciliation. So we are therefore an ambassador for Christ. As though God were making his appeal through us. So we implore you or we compel you on the behalf of Christ, be reconciled to God. God made him who had no sin to be sin for us so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. Wow. That's a lot of words. I get it. That's a lot in those few scriptures. But there's some power in those verses. That just summed up that you were a sinner, a good sinner, and that was against you, but what did Christ do? He redeemed you and he put on your account God's righteousness, not your own sin. And because that happened for you, now you're an agent or an ambassador of the goodness or the gospel or the good message or that, that message to others. The only people that could be an ambassador, the only people that could declare that good news are those who uh, have experienced it themselves. So let me summarize that verse. The love of God, the goodness of God, what he's done for you and I, the Bible says, should compel us. Um, means a powerful urging. It should constrain us to respond in a, an appropriate way. It means you're so excited about what God did, it, you, do, you just don't stay excited, but it moves you to some action. It should move you to some action. It should move you to some ministry. It should move you. Let, let me put that in perspective in this series. Let me start with this. How many of you, since you've been coming here, and we know God gets all the glory, but since you've been coming here, you, you could honestly say there has been, there's really been life change in areas of my life. Now, for some of, the, for some of you, let's just... How many have learned some, something about healing that resulted in the manifestation of healing in your life? How, how many could say, my marriage was either rescued or it's in a better place than it could have been? How many have learned some stuff about grace that just altered your religious thinking? How, how many have learned something about the favor of God? How, how, so my point is this, you've experienced some life change, which is what this verse is saying. 
Okay, so that should compel you to be an agent of life change, an ambassador of life change. In other words, what you've experienced from Christ, even from your local church, should compel you to help others experience the same kind of life change. And these verses say, really, that's, that's absolutely what, what it's all about. And the Bible says this, that we used, to, we used to filter everything through the world's point of view. But since Christ came, we don't look at the world, we don't look at things from the world's POV or point of view anymore. We look at everything from a spiritual point of view. And you'll know that you're maturing when that starts to happen. But that has to be continually cultivated and submitted. But we look at things from a spiritual point of view anymore. I want more life change. I'm, you know, I, I've been saved for a while, right? Which is good. I'm the pastor here, right? So I've been saved for a while. <laughs> I know it's debatable sometimes, right? But, but you know what? Um, the more I dig into the word, man, the more, the more not only do I, I, I see I need to change, I want to change. Y'all, I want to think more like Jesus thought. I want to think more like God wants me to think. I want to love people more like Jesus loves. I want to walk more in faith. I, I want to believe deeper. I want to worship more passionately. That's a life change. And we look at everything now from a spiritual point of view, which means this. We saw what Jesus did for us, and it should compel us to live that lifestyle before others and, and be a compelling force for the gospel. That's really what I want us to be, a compelling force for the gospel. That's what I want our church to be, a compelling force for the gospel, for things of faith, for things of grace. Amen? Anyone with me? If you're with me, saying, would you? So, so that's my title for the next few moments, this idea of compelling purposefully. In, in the gospels, there, there's another story that Jesus told. And it literally has to do with the end times, but... but but, but don't you love the scripture? It has these literal meetings. Then it has all these side effect meetings to it. And so uh, in Luke 14, Jesus told this story that there was a man and he was throwing this great banquet, this, this amazing banquet. And so he invited his peers or his friends. And so they all RSVP'd and they were just waiting to say when the banquet or the feast or the party would start. And so all of a sudden, everything's ready, the food's ready, the party's ready, the music, I mean, they're ready to go. And so the host sends out this notice to say everything's ready. And the Bible said those who had been invited started making excuses. Aren't we good at excuses? And can I just say this? This is in my spirit. Do you know that some of our excuses have kept us from some of the blessings of God? They have kept us from some of the movements of God. They have kept us from some of the breakthroughs in our lives. They have kept us from the next level sometimes. But God's so good, he gets down on the level and keeps working. Anyone glad God never gave up on you? Won't give up on you? Because <clears throat> here's what I know. I'm pretty sure you gave up on you a few times. And God didn't. And so there's this party, and the Bible said they began making excuses, and the, the first guy that was invited, he had this excuse, and he said, uh, I just bought some land, and I need to go inspect it. Well, usually, you don't buy land unless you've already inspected it. Then the next guy said, I've bought some oxen. Anyone bought some oxen this week? Well, I didn't think so. 
But he said, I've got to go inspect them. Well, how many know it would be like buying a car? You don't just buy it. You want to test drive. You want to try it out. And then the third guy said this, and I know it sounds like a good excuse, but he said, um, I, I'm getting married, so I can't be there. That might sound like a good excuse, but how many know you don't mess up your wedding date with a banquet invitation, right? You, you don't get those mixed. Oh, I forgot. That's the day I'm getting married. How many know that doesn't fly? So they made all these excuses, and the host was so furious that he said, I want you to go out past the highways and the byways and the hedges, and I want you to go invite more people. And, and so the, the rest of the story goes this way. So in other words, he said, go invite some strangers if the friends don't want to come. Look, look at verse 21. And the servant came back and reported this to the master, and the owner of the house became angry and he gave his servant this order, go out quickly into the streets and the alleys of the town, bring in the poor, the crippled, the, the blind, and the lame. Sir, the servant said, what you ordered has been done. We still got some room. So the master told his servant, then go out to the roads and the country lanes and compel them to come in. So he sent him to the streets. He sent him to the, the highways. And now he said, hey, go out in the country, go out past the borders. And look what he says compel them to come so my house will be what full i mean god wants his house full and, and so he says in the last verse I, I i tell you the truth not one of those who were invited are going to get the taste of my banquet he was he was ticked off they didn't want to come then we'll make room for some others that will come or want to come now the word compel i want you to get this it, it means this he used this word to say, I want some immediate action. This is a pressing situation. And it's a word that means um, urgency. It's a word that means a pressing necessity. It's conveying this idea that I want you to go out and strongly urge people or compel them to come into my house. So let, let's start to bring this together. Let me be real practical for a few moments. I've challenged you with this idea. Let's, let's just, let's come frequently. Let's get here as often as you can. And you've heard me joke. I preached that in week one, and I had like four people like, man, I'm so sorry I'm going to be on vacation next week. And you don't understand, that's not what I meant. I'm just saying we, we need to be in the house of God because it shows what you think of God's bride. It, it really shows whether you really need a touch from God or not. And our culture has become a, a, such a way that church attendance is so casual. It's so casual. And y'all, that's wrong. That's not biblical. And then we say, let's take it to the next step and just talk about, let, let's connect consistently. In other words, let's get here on the weekends. Let's get involved in other things in the local church. Because the local church is going to thrive in the last hour. We don't want you to miss out. That's the place to be right now, y'all. It says that in Hebrews. You realize that? This is the place to be right now. It's the place to be in the next few years. It, his house is the place to be. It's what's happening. How many want to be where it's happening? Right? And, and then we just talked about Make sure we're con contributing. And we want to add this challenge. Let's just be a compelling force. Let's purposefully compel people. And so you're saying, how do I do that? What does that look like? Ready? Point number one. Well, we compel others to come. I know you're looking for something deeper. I, right? I, I get that. You want something to shout about. We'll do that next week. But this is so important that what do we do? Well, we compel others to, to come. You know, looking back when... Diane and I moved here in 07. 
there, there weren't a lot of you there at the time. There's only a few of you here now that were there then. And it, it, was, it, was a, it was a tough situation. And we showed up just preaching and teaching. And I, I made this statement. I said, I need you to come. I need you to come often. And I need you not to come alone. And then uh, a few years ago, around 2014, church went through some stuff, a split. And I got up and I said the same thing. I need you all to come. I need you to come often. I need you not to come alone. And as we're on the, I believe, the doorstep of the next season of the church, can I just say to you again, I want to challenge you to come. I want to challenge you to come often. I want to challenge you not, not to come alone. Every time we put that challenge out there, we, we experienced a, a surge of something new that God was doing. And I read this statistic the other day that they said this, that 82% of people said that they would come to church if someone asked them. But only 2% of them had been asked. Isn't that interesting? 82% said, yeah, I would try it out. But only two of them, 2% of them um, actually got an invitation. And I thought that was interesting. And I was thinking about this, and I think you all can rise to this challenge. I hear this every time we have friends that show up here, or someone's a guest. They say that this church is a really welcoming church. Now, I know two things. One, I do believe that's in the culture of West Virginians. And two, um, I think it's something that you all grabbed a hold of, and you're very welcoming. Very welcoming. I give you an A+. You can do this. You've done well. And I want to word it this way. I would like you to be as good at inviting and bringing as we are welcoming. Now, I don't think you're not good at it. I'm just saying you excel at welcoming. I would like us to excel at inviting and bringing in this next season, in this next season. And let's just see what God's up to. Uh, as your pastor, I, I sense some good things. I sense a fresh move of God. Uh, I, I sense some new outlets of ministry and things that are in our heart that we haven't even told everybody about yet. And, and I'm just going to tell you this way, some of it's happening faster than, than we're ready for. So we, we need to all get on the same page and do what God's calling us to do here. And you know, I, I think it this way, if, if, if you ask somebody, they might come. But I know this, if you don't, they won't. But we just need to compel people. Hey, come. Isn't that what we just learned in Scripture? Hey, come. Just come. Come with me. And so I want to give you a, a couple tools this morning that you can get on the way out. I want to give you an invitation card. And I'll hit this at the end. I want to give you an invitation card. Now, this isn't like, um, don't put this under the windshield wipers on a car at the mall parking lot, right? This has to be connected to relationship, right? Because I hate that. Because if I'm going to come find you, because someone will do it to my car this morning. I know they will. This happens every time I do this. As a joke, Jeff Messenger. Anyways, um, but on the way out, you can grab some of these. And they're not just the, the pass out on car windshields, right? But I, wa I want you to take a few and just say, God, who are you compelling me to invite and bring? And I want to give you something else this morning to stick. There's one of these for every family to put this in your yard. Um, to put this just people are driving by. And um, might give you an open door just to invite somebody. It lets you know, hey, I, we go to LifePoint. I'd like you to come with me. Maybe you have a business, you want to stick it in the yard. Those are free for you. You can have those on the way out. That's just a tool. 
It's just a tool. But I want to compel you to compel others to come. Ready for point two? I also want to compel you to compel others to connect. And I get it. You're seeing the trend of where I'm going, right? Compel others to connect. Um, you know, sometimes it's easier to bring somebody to like a midweek event than it is a Sunday morning. Like, you, like if you're a guy, it would, sometimes it's easier to bring someone out to lift. And, and, and if you're a female, maybe it's easier for you to, you know, bring someone out to, to, to vibe. But you, just, I just want to compel you. Bring somebody out. Uh, challenge not only someone to just come, but, but challenge people that maybe they're already here even, and you haven't seen them at, at maybe a first Wednesday or a lift or a vibe or one of the other ministries ha- uh, that we have you haven't seen. Just encourage them to come and get connected. Because I, I believe God wants us to do, to do more than, than show up on Sunday. I think God wants us to make a real connection outside of just a Sunday. And I know there, there's a lot going on. I, I get that. But, but I really want to urge you. I want to compel you. This, these challenges are really something that, that I feel like um, God, God really put on our hearts. So let, let me throw a, a slide up there for you. And this would be a good time to get your phones out. You could take a picture of this. Uh, you, you could uh, use that QR code. Here's what's coming up in, in October. And then you say, why are you talking about this? Because I'd like to invite you out not to miss any of this. This Wednesday is First Wednesday. If you've never been to First Wednesday, what is First Wednesday? It's just a little more casual. We're going to worship. And this, this month, we're, we're calling it a night of equipping. And we're going to start some equip classes that run throughout the month of, of I almost said February. What is this? October. And so the first one's going to be Wednesday night. And there's going to be, be three really cool classes that you can choose from. I know you saw it in the video. But if, if, if you've ever dealt with some trust issues, anyone ever dealt with some trust issues? Yeah. So it'd be a great one to, for you to pick. Um, the power of change. Have you ever wanted to see change in your life and been frustrated because you couldn't see the change happen? Well, that's my class, so it's going to be me and Bill. Okay, two of us. And the last one, have you ever felt like you're running on empty? So that, that's our equipped classes. As you know, Lifestyles, our new young adult ministry, starts this Thursday in the gin building. We have a vibe group, uh, uh, mom's group. You see the dates there. Brand new group called Ageless for our senior adults. And then our Bliss event. Um, it's the ultimate date night. And so this is for married couples on the 27th. There's a price for food. You need to get signed up. There's the date. So that's what's coming up all this month at Life Point. So. Now, remember why I'm doing this series. I'm doing this. It's a mini vision series. It's to compel you. It's to urge you. It's to share with you what I feel like God is calling us to do as we get ready for the next move of God. So, we, so I want to challenge you that you compel people to come and compel people to connect. And here's the last one, to compel others to make a contribution. So I've, I've challenged you the last few weeks. Hey, it, there's a point when you need to come more frequently. And then that should turn into me making more of a consistent connection outside of Sunday. And there comes a moment where you say, you know what? Now it's time for me to make a contribution, joining a team, being more faithful in, in my giving. And, and so as you, as you follow the challenge, here's why there's a challenge. I believe it's going to create greater life change in your life. Because life changes, it starts with salvation, but I'm glad it doesn't end there. At, at the moment of salvation, eternity starts for you. At the moment of salvation, you, you begin to get things accredited to your life as we change, 
as we do things, as we become obedient, as we begin to pursue God in a greater way, and he takes us to other levels. And it doesn't just happen. There are certain things and places and levels we put ourselves into so God can do that. And that, that's why it's exciting that God keeps taking us from level to level to level. But there, there's something amazing that happens when you're willing to put yourself on a team and get yourself involved. And I want to throw out a couple statements. Dr. Maxwell says this, the greatest, one of the greatest uh, leadership experts of our time. He said a few things because it's important to be a part of a team. Not just team being here, but, but serving on a team. Listen to a couple things he said about team. He said, one is too small a number to achieve greatness. One is too small a number to achieve greatness. In your life, individually, in your career path, our life as a church, one is just way too small to achieve anything worthwhile, to achieve anything of greatness. He also said this, as the challenge escalates, the need for teamwork elevates. As the need escalates or as the opportunity escalates, or as the, what's before us, the challenge. As it escalates, this need for us as a team also elevates. There, there are some, I hope you understand, I can't say them all right now. You can't let them all out yet. You've got to work on some things. But there's some, some greater vision. There's some greater things happening. There, there, there's, there's, uh, there is, there, there's an area of vision I believe God's called us to that, that I, I thought we had some time on. And I was on the phone for two hours this week talking about a situation that could happen very rapidly that that's that's awesome so there's just things happening so i'm trying to get us ready for this thing y'all with me and so it's going to take more it's going to take uh, more devotion than it has and i love this one he also said great teams have great depth great teams have great depth and that's why i've been challenging you you we need we need we want more people involved on the team so we can do more. Ephesians says it this way. He makes the whole body fit together. And he unites it through the support of every joint. As each and every part does its job, he makes the body grow so that it builds itself up in love. Uh, one translation you, you've probably heard someone preach or say before is every joint supplies. Here's what that means. The Bible says each and every one of us, we fit together as a body. We fit together and we're joined together, and every joint brings us supply. Do you know this, that uh, in the body of Christ, in a local church, everyone that's a part brings a supply. Uh, when you walk in on a Sunday, check this out, when it, comes to time, when it comes for time to worship, you bring a supply to worship. So when your worship is reserved, it affects the house. Every joint brings a supply. Everyone has some gifts. Everyone has some talents. Uh, you don't have to have them all. No one has them all. Jesus was the only one that had them all. But you bring that to a Sunday. You bring that to a church. Your abilities, your resources, all of that, every joint supply. Here's the problem in the church world. They say only 20% bring a supply. 20% are supplying the other 80%. Y'all, it's a little better in our church, but still, how I many know we could do a little better? Uh, when it comes to resources, finances, ability, sowing, giving. Remember what this goes back to. The fact that Jesus rocked your world and changed your life and saved you and redeemed you. You aren't going to hell. You're redeemed. You're rescued. He's, he's building a life of faith in you. He's doing great things in you. That should urge you passionately 
and your purpose becomes, I'm going to be a minister. I'm going to be an agent of reconciliation. I, I'm, that's, that's my response to how good God's been to me. And out of that comes all of this. And, and I, want to, I want to throw a word up on the screen. I think I have a slide for this. Do we have, do we have the word help? Do I have that on the slide? I, I can't remember if we do. I don't have that. Okay, I thought I had that. Everybody say help. God just gave this to me one day. We want your help to do something significant. And so I was playing with those letters, and, and in playing with those letters, I think, I think this is what God's saying. H stands for honor. Everyone say honor. This is just how we do things around here. Every church doesn't have to do it this way, but we're going to do things with honor. The Bible says, if you do things with honor, honor means you value something. You put weight on it. I want you to put weight on the things we're saying. Not only when I preach about grace, but when we preach about being compelled. Uh, we're going to do things with honor. And I want you to get this. Honor is a magnet. It attracts the goodness of God to your life. This church will operate with honor. It's not popular in culture, but that's not our culture. Honor is a Jesus thing. How many know it's not in our culture? It used to be. It's not there anymore. But what that does mean is you don't have to act like the culture, right? We're, we're called to what? Alter the culture. H stands for honor. E stands for excellence. Excellence. You've heard my speech. When they hired me here, the former leaders looked at me and they said, you can never have excellence in West Virginia. Exactly what they said to me, didn't they? They told me that. You can't have excellence in this church. I felt like Jesus when he got the whip out. So I, I, I mean, I felt violent about it. And I just, oh, okay. And I said, watch and see. You know what's in our church? You know what everybody that visits from the outside says, there's a spirit of excellence here. Here's what excellence means. It means you do above and beyond because we represent the king of kings. We represent the things of God. L stands for love. We, we, we just need an expression of love to love people. Love people. Here's what I know about people. They're messed up. Don't look like you're not one of them. <laughs> Have you ever figured it out? Sometimes you think you figured it out, you mess up. It's our default. We're just messy people. That's why we need the grace of God. The grace of God gets in there and fix it. But, but where does that come from? The love of God. This is, this is what I'm saying that God's calling us to, just to be people of honor, be people of excellence, and be people of love. Love. And the P stands for protect. We've got to protect the things God's given us, the house God's given us, the, the place God's given us, the opportunity God's given us. Amen? So I'm soliciting your response. I'm soliciting your involvement. I'm, I'm soliciting you to respond to that vision. All right, my last screen. I know I've been... A lot of screens today, but th th this is a screen that we have popped up, and we've encouraged people to get signed up for a team, get signed up to help us do this thing. We've got a great group of people leading and serving, and we just want you to become a part of it. I mean, if something happens when you get on a team, something happens, and so um, you see the areas there, I mean, especially in production, we really want some help right now, and you say, well, cameras scare me. We, we will train you. They're not that scary. We will, we will teach you to be the best cameraman. Anyone watch that game last night? Man, that camera was all over the place. Anybody notice that? It driving me bonkers. I'm like, we got better camera people in our auditorium than they do on ESPN. 
anyways, you, you can sign up in those different areas. There's a QR code you can sign up out in the foyer. We'll follow up. I know some of you have been signing up. Everybody say, God's good. God's good. Let me land this plane and wrap this up. I'm so glad you came. I'm so glad you came. Um, I'm so glad that you have responded so well over the last few weeks. Yeah, there's a QR code. Or you can text LPC served to 94,000. Um, I, I have spent the last few weeks just sharing with you our heart, trying to communicate to you that, that I sense God moving in a fresh way on LPC. And my responsibility as your leader is to navigate and line you up and put you in order so that we max out everything God has for us. Because, you know, we can miss our opportunities. We, 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 can, we cannot get the full effect of it. So my, my job, that's what I've spent the last few weeks doing. And so I'm um, just challenging you with, with all, all of these things that I've said. And, and I love a challenge. I think you do too. So here's my challenge. Come frequently. Connect consistently. Contribute generously and compel purposefully. When people take responsibility for a challenge, it's amazing what God can do. Amen? Can we, can we stand for a moment? I was... Most of this week, I was, I was in Dallas-Fort Worth at a, a conference with Gateway Church, and I love what Pastor Robert says at the end of a service, and he did this to all 4,000 of us leaders that were there. Um, he says this at the end of the service, there needs to be a moment, like right now, where we say, Holy Spirit, what are you saying to me? Because we can get up here, we can preach something. I can be fired up. It can be a teaching. It can be a preaching. It, whatever it is, and we can be fired up, and we can walk out the door. And you know how it is. You, you could ask me this afternoon, what did you teach about this morning? I'd be like, uh. <laughs> we, we, we forget things. But in the moment when the Holy Spirit's moving, Holy Spirit, we don't want to walk out and miss what the Holy Spirit's doing. So for the next few moments as we do this song, I want you to individually say, Holy Spirit, what are you talking to me about? And it could be, he might put on your heart someone that you're to compel, to come or to contribute, or, or he may put on your heart to get involved. He might, but let him talk to you as we do this song. We did this song earlier about being available. That, that's a great prayer for us to sing. But for the next few moments, Holy Spirit, what are you talking to me about? Let him talk to you. Let him talk to you. Holy Spirit has a lot to say. He's the great revealer. And my heart is that he just talks to you about how he would want you to respond. Thank you for listening to the LifePoint Podcast. We want to encourage you to subscribe and follow so you don't miss a message. For more information, you can visit lpcwv.com.